0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel we've got interviews, podcasts, content and all sorts of subjects from sports, football, mental health, MMA and boxing, films and TV and a whole lot more. We've got our exclusive and unique series. We've got my story, where we take uh, different people from different professions, different sports, uh, through their career from start to finish, really. Their upbringing, all the way through their career, as they sh- share memories, anecdotes. Always a lot of fun. We've had Robbie Regan, uh, former world champion boxer. We've had Rhys Weston, former Wales international. Uh, Super Kev McNaughton, ex Cardiff uh, City legend, former Scotland international as well as uh, the actor and writer, broadcaster, who used to play Lofty in EastEnders, uh, Mr Tom Watt, which was a a really fascinating show. (coughs) Excuse me. And of course, we've got our uh, Unscripted and Uncensored, which is a slightly different series, where we leave all the questions and talking points to the people, which is always a lot of fun. And uh, we've had all sorts of uh, different people on there, cage warriors, fighters, boxers, uh, a band, some footballers, always a lot of fun. Uh, but you never quite know where it's going to go is the problem. But uh, it's always, always funny, at least. Um, so today we're talking a bit of everything, a bit of comedy, a bit of podcasting, whatever else comes up, really. Um, just before I do introduce my guest for today, uh, if you could give com slash nation a subscribe, that's the best way to support uh, the channel, the podcast network. And uh, of course, you can get all the shows at the usual audio podcasting, radio apps, Spotify, Stitcher itunes and the like but anyway uh, joining me today he's a stand-up comedian an actor and a writer a fellow cardiffian mr leroy brito how are you my friend
1: i'm good all by yourself
0: yeah i'm all right i'm all right good good the, the lockdown's just become the norm now haven't it it's just like, yeah it's just yeah. what it is it's, yeah it's, we've, it's we've what adapted so we've got to do i suppose isn't it? You, mm-hmm. like that first week of um trying to get particularly my youngest when trying to get him to do schoolwork and stuff i was just like i don't think i'm going to be able to do this it was really daunting he didn't yeah, want me, yeah. He, you know, he didn't want me to do it i was struggling with it but it's just gone on it's kind of got easier and better and like these days now we're like done his work by 11 12 o'clock and i'm like yeah oh, yeah, yeah what are we going to do for the rest of the day mm-hmm. but, yeah it is i suppose um So what I like to do with my guests, mate, is basically, just for people who might not be familiar with you or your work, is kind of get you to take us back to the start. Tell us a little bit about you, your kind of your upbringing. upbringing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, just tell us, take us to where you are now, uh, just briefly.
1: Yeah, um, Cardiff-born, Butte town all my life. Um, Yeah, I went to Mount Stewart Primary School, two older brothers, little sister, just the perfect childhood in the 80s, really. It was, um, it was ex- you know, it was just, it was great before the bay turned around. So it was just, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, and a perfect childhood.
0: I, was gonna, I was gonna say, Cardiff, you've probably seen the change. I yeah, you know, yeah, 81. Same and, uh, as me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seeing the, seeing the, the way the city's changed over the years. It's mm-hmm. wild. Sometimes, yeah, you know, you yeah. Look at the pictures of, like when I was younger. And you see the difference, like I haven't been into town for a very long time because I got some health problems and that. But like sometimes when I have been in and I look and I forget that the the haze is not there and it's yeah it's, it's yeah changed.
1: it's, it's very, yeah it's different it's it's changed twice in in our lifetime so it's uh, yeah it's a different city
0: yeah but it's good though it's um, like we had um, Adrian Bevington, uh, who used to work for the FA with all the English football yes, yeah yeah on the Andy Campbell show last night and um like he said he spent a lot of time in Cardiff with just with work and with his England uh, duties and he said you know Cardiff's one of his favorite cities to to visit and be a part mm-hmm. of so that was nice to hear it's always nice to hear yeah yeah praise the city um, yeah so obviously I'm I came across you really from some some of your stand-up clips on YouTube um, yeah and then I saw. Obviously, you had uh, former Olympian or Olympic sprint uh, sprinter Tim Benjamin on your your podcast. Uh, yes, I high we did with yeah. him back in the day. Rather high school was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in my class, so it was, uh, it was that was quite strange. And then obviously, Andy's one of my closest mates, and you had mm-hmm. him on, so I thought oh, I'd quite like to have a chat with Leroy. So, but uh, yeah, it was this. so. Before we get into the stand up stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a clip, I think it was on YouTube on Buzz TV possibly. I might have got that wrong. Just where you said that you moved into like stand up comedy quite late in life.
1: Yeah. So I would have been I was I think it was Buzz magazine. Um and they done a little piece on me. Um I was like twenty nine, so already, you know, a fully grown adult. Always wanted to do stand up, but just having kids young and just university and life just gets in the way and you just forget about it. And then you're pushing towards thirty. You think I need to get my ass in gear and actually do this. So I wrote five minutes of material, got in touch with an open mic night, um, chapter arts and drones comedy club, and this is the longest I haven't gigged for since that you know that night like, nine years ago.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Like I similar to to me in some ways in terms of like. I wanted to do like podcasting or interviewing or something like this mm-hmm. for years. And I was something I wanted to do. And I kind of, like you say, like you've got kids and just life kind of gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was just, well, I was after 30 by the time I finally got my ass in gear and did it. But sometimes it takes time to to get ready or, and like you say, life gets in the way. What mm-hmm. were you doing? So before you finally took the plunge and went into your, sort of stand-up comedy what were you doing before that
1: recruitment uh, so that's that's what i still do i still do now um oh, so I juggle, I juggle everything yeah so yeah so i i do yeah i do um executive recruitment now like search recruitment but previous to that i was doing it recruitment all
0: ah, right because um, you've been in like lots of lots of different stuff um you've worked worked with some incredible um, incredible names within you know like British uh, British TV British comedy mm-hmm. some really really talented people um, and I was having a look just is it a tourist trap isn't it the world yes yeah, yeah know, tourist trap um, with Sally Phillips in mm-hmm. that's um, like some of the people in that like really like top draw uh, actresses actors yeah yeah Sarah Gregory's been in so many different things like it's unbelievable i really like she's in them um, oh she's amazing yeah she's in this crime thing called um is about the tom Thorne books and just actually hinterland as well obviously mm-hmm. it's a welsh uh, crime thing i love all that sort of stuff so what was it like to work with um you know such talented people like big names in the industry
1: well with sarah i didn't get to actually work with her on um tourist trap um, i saw her once on set um in season two um but i knew her i i i first worked with her on my first radio commission um which was about brexit and um just a disc- disclaimer for me i'm 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 a comedian i'm not an actor and she just carried me through the whole process so i was really grateful for that um and yeah and then i haven't i've only seen her twice since then unfortunately but she's, she's had a baby and everything and yeah, so she's, she's been busy.
0: Yeah. And obviously you had uh, uh, Sally Phillips. Who in yeah, mind, yeah. You know, Smack the Pony was real groundbreaking comedy at the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, also, of course. At yeah. that time, there wasn't a great deal of uh, female comics around. No. You know, obviously you had like uh, Victoria Woods and a couple of others, but generally it was a very male-dominated uh, industry. Mm-hmm. The um, what's what? What do you find are the main differences with like? Obviously, you've done some radio stuff, yeah, sure, um, yeah. and you've done a little bit of uh, TV stuff as well. What do you find are the main differences? Obviously, apart from the obvious.
1: Well, I've I've had limited exposure to TV, so I've only really done tourist trap and a few bits for like Comedy Central and, and little things like that. So my experience of TV, I've been quite lucky um because I'm not you know I'm not an actor I've I've got into this I've got no training so tourist trap was all improv which suited me because that's what I do you know every weekend in terms of being able to think on my feet etc so that was that was the easy part um the learning lines would be difficult for me because I just haven't got that training um so then working with people like Sally Phillips she's improv so you can bounce off those type of guys I worked with Tom Price in the first series um, and he he carried me through. He, you know, him and Remy helped me through just learning how to be on set and understand what happens. And then you've got know, to turn the cameras around and things like that. So it was it was all new for me. So I've I've gone in naive and just open to you know to failing, open to to making a fool of myself and seeing how it goes.
0: So it's all about experience as well. It? Yeah, it's yeah. Life experience as well, isn't it? Just like, of course, trying, yeah. Trying new things. To you know, not just see how it goes in terms of like just whatever happens, but like... no,
1: you still you've got you still got to hit it with momentum and, and you take it serious the opportunity. Um, but you know, I, I was I was fortunate enough to to get cast in the in the TV show, and you try to take your opportunities from there. And that's what I try to do from the first experience with the BBC. Um, I have done a short little video on the language in Butetown Town um, back in twenty sixteen. And it was only like a minute and a half long and it done quite well online. And I just thought, okay, how can I leverage that video to another relationship? And off the back of that, I've got a few meetings within BBC Wales. And then I'm going to introduce to a few different um, production companies because they want me to pitch ideas. And the first thing I pitched, it got a radio commission. That was the Brexit show. And then you just keep on trying to push forward on that. So I've had a commission, luckily, from Radio Wales every year since then. Um, and I'm writing something at the moment with a friend.
0: Yeah, Radio Wales—they um, have some good stuff on there. Like I think people have a certain opinion sometimes of like, uh, like the regional, action, mm-hmm. like parts of the BBC. But um, BBC Radio Wales has always had some pretty entertaining stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. The coverage of sports is pretty good as well. To be of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you prefer like kind of? Like I know you kind of answered this already, but you said about like you'd rather sort of improv and bounce off people a bit rather than having to learn lines. Because I, I got to be honest, I've always, whenever I'm watching like a really good performance in mm-hmm. a film or a TV show, I wonder how people can remember their lines.
1: Oh mate, it's um the stuff I've done for BBC Sesh. I actually write my own stuff and then have to perform my own stuff. And I can't remember the lines I I wrote. I'm one of those guys who's, I've got a good memory. I can remember things from childhood, I can remember stuff that you'd said like 10 years ago. But if it's it's interacting with someone and remembering the lines, then it's just gone from my head. But then I can remember my stand-up set and do an hour of material. So, yeah. I'm I'm never going to win an Academy Award. I'm I'm never going to go down the serious route.
0: DM, you mentioned BBC Sash there, and I just knew yeah, yeah. before we started that um, I had never come across it, which is strange because the sort of stuff is like exactly up my alley, it's mm-hmm. Welsh as well, which is the kind of stuff I would watch normally. But for so yeah, easily, yeah, I'd never come across it. But I was just having another kind of flick through about you, really, just before you mm-hmm. did the show, and I came across these uh, BBC Sash. They're like sort of I don't know what you'd call them, like skits, but you know, yeah, yeah, few like, minute yeah, yeah. skits of different things. And then um, the first one I went on was uh, Welsh people abroad, and then um, I was just chuckling in my garden. And my my missus sort of said, "What are you laughing at?" And I said, "Oh, he's explained it. Which
1: one have... was that? So there's one in the car, and then there's one on the beach.
0: It's the one in the car where the. Oh, okay. The...
1: When it... yeah 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 yeah. Where's where? So that's my that's my in that's the... my friend Ignacio. So he's a com- oh. he's a comedian as well. Yeah, so yeah. um. I know
0: the one. I know. That one. Yeah. 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 But yeah, and it's like uh, it's kind of like oh, in Wales, in England, and then you've got and every Welsh person ever who's been abroad has had that exact conversation almost word Mm -hmm. for word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In England, and no, no, next to England, Scotland, never Mm. ended. But yeah, is is that easy stuff for you to kind of? to write and stuff because that's quite oh, a, yeah real life experiences
1: yeah that, that that type of stuff is quite easy to, to churn out um, there's not there's not much depth to it um, so you know you write a script it's only like a page and a half yeah. um, I think the the bridge video that was you know you write it they say we would want an idea around this idea and you write it within half an hour a day and then you film it it takes two hours to film and then they do the editing, they do everything, and then it, it goes out and sometimes it does well, sometimes it doesn't. You know, you haven't really got much influence on on what happens once you've, you've filmed it.
0: So with the BBC session, I think I, I did ask you this just before. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 that, that predominantly is just like a YouTube uh, YouTube thing. Yeah,
1: it's a Facebook, it was originally a Facebook um, thing they've done. So it's I think it's aimed for like 18 to 30 year olds. And I'm so I'm thirty. I'm, well, I'm, that's the thing. So I'm I'm I. So I I haven't done much with them recently because I'm too old for this that type of shit. Do you know what I yeah, mean? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm out of their age range really. So
0: it's a scary thought, though, isn't it? When you start going out with the the key demographics.
1: The, I'm happy with I'm happy with it because I've always had an old head. So you know I've always I'm I'm happy. I'm out of that game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to say. As I've got older, like when I was coming up to 30, I was like, oh, no, I'm coming up to 30, coming up to 30. Since I've turned 30, I've been all right with it. Yeah, my 30s have been been the best. i enjoying it. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know yourself better, don't you?
0: Yeah, and I I, I always say to my kids, like, I wish I could go back to, like, my school days and certain parts of my life Mm. uh, to deal with them with what I know now yeah yeah deal with them better. This part of life and it? it's part of give
1: life. the younger version of you a slap
0: oh god yeah mm. yeah i would love to have a conversation with teenage me i gotta say yeah yeah he, the teenage me would not like it
1: but <laughs> no teenage me would think i'm a dick but uh, yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, maybe maybe i'd get through to him um like i i stand up comedy is like is my thing I, i love it yeah I, who's your I, favorite I love, See, it's changed, really, over the last couple of years. Like mm. I used to be really for, like, some of the edgier guys, like Frankie Boyle and and mm. um, I like Jimmy Carr. I do a lot. I just, yeah. just, because he's a bit different. But then now I see a lot of, co- some not a lot, but some comedians almost copying that same style. Whereas when mm-hmm. Jimmy Carr first came out, he was the only comedian like that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah.
1: Cutting, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, but like I do, I still enjoy uh, his stuff. I think these days, I seem or as I've got older. I think I prefer stuff which is based more on real life. Uh, yeah, like yeah. Manford, I quite enjoy. Yeah, and I can kind of relate to that bit better. I mm-hmm. enjoy that stuff a bit more than than stuff that's been, you know, written. And that's not to to criticize the people who've, who've go you know do their comedy that way. It's mm-hmm. just my taste has changed. Yeah, of
1: course, of course.
0: And I know, like a lot of your stuff from the clips which I was watching earlier, again, it seems to be very based within real life.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's all, you know, I've lived a life and I'm happy to report on it. And this is what I know. So I can only draw from what I know. I'm not one of those creative people who can think of, you know, whimsical stuff and, and all that type of stuff. There's a market for that. But what I do is just about, you know, my life. And this is my take on it, really, and what I'm observing. I'm an observational comic.
0: Yeah, and it's good. it's really good stuff. And I I encourage anyone who you know enjoys a bit of comedy to 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 seek out your stuff because it's it's genuinely funny. There's not yeah. much stuff which like makes me laugh out loud these days. That sounds really miserable, doesn't it? But like, what <laughs> I mean is, there's not a great deal of you know clips and videos which make me laugh yeah, laugh sure. And uh, you know, a good few of yours genuinely did that. Um, and I really enjoy the way you kind of um you take the audience in one direction and then woof, you whip the rug out from underneath them and, yes, in yeah. the the direction before they even realize and I think just mm-hmm. I like I say you know it's really good do you, is that like I think it's an art in itself that is because you've got
1: 100 oh, 100%, 100%, you have to yeah. be
0: able to do it in a way that or oh, I'm guessing that you have to be able to do it so the audience doesn't see it coming
1: of course, of course, because they they know that there's they know that there's jokes coming, so they're waiting for the jokes. So it's up to you to be able to to draw where the actual punchline is and take away where the punchline where they think the punchline is going to be. Um, so it's almost like there's a it's a cliff and you're driving a car over the cliff, and they know that the the other side of the cliff's there, but you've got to change where the actual landing point is because they, they know it's they know something's coming, so you've got to you've got to draw them in a little bit.
0: Absolutely. I um is that like a difficult skill to master or does it just come naturally because you're a comedian, a funny guy? It's there's
1: there's no shortcuts in comedy. Um in terms of, you know, I've been doing it 9 years. Um and you've got to be dedicated. You've got to do the mileage. You've got to get out and gig, you have got to get, you know work the material. You can't just think of a show and write the show and then take it out and do a, solo show you have to work the material you have to do the legwork for it um and that's where the repetition the the learning watching other comics etc dying on your ass it it all helps and all adds to you know the material so once you see a show you know if you see my 20 minutes my first 20 minutes that would have taken me five five years to get to that point of having a really solid 20 minutes Um, and people don't see that they just see the you know the, the 20 minutes that you do and think Where's your new material? It's so, like, well, it takes a while to master and get this perfect.
0: You mentioned, uh, like, dying on your ass. Yeah, or yeah. like, uh, I'm assuming, you know, obviously not being a stand-up comedian myself, but, like, I'm assuming all comics have to go. Yeah, around. yeah, we, we all, you know, we all do, we all do. Because you've got to yeah. practice your material, haven't you? You've got to see what yeah. and what doesn't. Um, of course. Are there any particular instances that you'd like to share?
1: Um, it's when I first started, um, and when you first start in comedy, you, you, you get a little bit, you know, you have one or two good gigs and you start getting a little bit of an ego and you start getting in touch with the big clubs, you know, and start getting an attitude. Why haven't they chose me? You start doing competitions. And I went down to the comedy store in London for, um, their gong night, which is a brutal night where basically 30 acts go up and they've got two minutes before the audience decides that they come off the show. So, bong, you know, so you you go up, and I was on the second half, but I was the first act of the second half, which meant that they changed the cards around. So when you go to a gong show, who wants the cards? And the first person jumps up, you know he's gonna be a dick, so they don't give that person the cards. They give him the cards on the second go around. So I was up, I, I went all the way down to London, took time off work, um and i was on stage for like 10 seconds and I, c- I come out of there and i'm i'm fine for gigs you know you die in your ass i'm cool with that but i come out of there and central london leicester square and you come out of the the, the comedy store um and you are feeling like you just got beat up and it was i think it was like the hunger games um premiere Oh, that yeah. night so you had you know the whole thing in leicester square where you know all the movie stars and everything and i'm just walking around like i've just been dazed and confused and that, that was horrific yeah and i was supposed to stay at my brother's house that night but i just drove straight back because i thought let's just get the night over with and let's not you know just move on just yeah. move on yeah
0: did it did it take you you know like long to get over that like, nah. was it like nah. just once you sort of cleared your head you were right
1: no I'm fine I'm fine you've got you've got to jump back on a horse so I've done a gig for um a company I joined a few years ago they want me to do some charity nights so I've done it and it was horrific because people think they know you um so they think that you're talking to them as their colleague and there was just a load of dicks in the audience just giving me shit and it was horrific and that night there was another gig in Cardiff so I phoned up and I said can I jump on just to get the bad gig out of my system and um yeah You've you've got you know you've got to embrace the, the death, but you've got to move on quite quickly.
0: Yeah, I guess getting a good gig and your and your belt quickly is a, the best way to go. Up yeah,
1: yeah, I've and don't figured. let the good gigs get to your head as well. You've got you've got to you know you've got to stay humble. You've got to stay sharp. So I don't I don't drink before I go on stage. Um, I'll drink afterwards. It's just so I'm I'm at my best, at my sharpest.
0: Yeah. I am. Um... We I had uh, a friend of mine who used used to do like a bit of like local stand up gigging and stuff, mm. just like in pubs and that. But he done um, a couple of kind of, uh, you know, like uh, what's the thing? Like when you go to like like a works do or something. So it's quite an <laughs> corporate atmosphere. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. And he said they can be real. All, oh yeah yeah because it's yeah. a small crowd. They're all pissed up and they're all like, they're you know, not
1: there they, to see you.
0: Yeah, they all think they're funny, and they're you know they're like shouting all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had one earlier this year in the Vale of Glamorgan for um, the Cardiff Hoteliers Association. So they saw me on tourist trap and thought it'd be great to have someone do. So I, they, I started about an hour late because they were doing the awards. So everybody's pissed up. Nobody's really there to see me. It's their night. Their big night of the year. Um, and the room is so big there's about three four hundred people there that the back of the room can't hear me so they're just talking away and you're playing to like the first two tables really and everybody else is just having their their own night so you've got to just do your time do the best you can and just try to entertain the people who are actually paying attention to you
0: yeah um do you get nervous before you do gigs
1: no no i'm good no i've always i've always been like quite level so it's even my been, first yeah even, even my first gig back,
0: like, so yeah
1: yeah even my first gig and i've always like even when i'm doing like the big places and i'm standing behind the curtain if there's even a sense of nerves i just say to myself well this is what you wanted why why would you be nervous
0: yeah it's where you've been working towards isn't it? exactly
1: exactly yeah yeah
0: what's um like what about heckles? If you had any like brutal ones
1: or any good ones given to you? I don't think there's any good heckles. I think there's no, just it's you know just
0: a, name, like a, a witty it, one, maybe.
1: Not really, because they're usually pissed up. So on the weekend, you know, you're playing stag parties, hen You've heard everything, so you've already done the comeback about ten times already. It looks like this. It looks like it's off the cuff, but you know, there's only so many stag parties, and you know, yeah.
0: And I suppose, like, if you had say, if you had, like, if I went to every single one of your gigs, like that, eventually, like, you'd see the same responses to heckles. I guess. Yeah, have, have yeah. You a, have you got like a favorite response to uh, to to heckles?
1: It depends on the situation because you, you've got a, you know, you've got a, you've got a, you've, you've got to become the alpha male um, in there, but you can't come across as a bully. Yeah, depending on the situation. So you know, if it's a hen party, you can't just come across and be like, "Shut the fuck up," because then mm-hmm. that that can ruin the atmosphere. Yeah, and you course. you know, but at the same time, if it's a bunch of lads being quite rowdy, you can take it to that level. So you've got to play it. You've got to you know, you've got to be just present.
0: Play to your audience, yeah,
1: I mean. you've got to be present. To understand who you who you're playing to, and yeah. So we
0: had we um, had a couple of questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, sent in. Uh, Johnny Wish said how insane is the Cardiff comedy scene uh, he said back in the day it was wild uh, he also said he was looking forward to hearing two Cardiff boys chatting
1: yeah okay insane the Cardiff comedy scene in terms of well, think, what the, the characters yeah,
0: I think he means the the general atmosphere because um, we was talking about it the other day um, just like being quite rowdy and a bit uh, not yeah, sexist, just... but obviously
1: it's a, it's a little bit, oh, I'll just be honest, I don't care who I offend or anything. There's a, there's a bunch of people who are quite negative um, and just, I don't know, maybe they're not happy where their career is or, you know, whatever, but they're quite vocal online oh, about okay. every single issue. And I, I don't pay attention to it because you know, it's, it's not really, you know, it doesn't help me. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a grown man with a family. Why am I paying attention? Why would I pay attention to, people arguing over stuff. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, the friends I've got, I'm, I'm close with. But the people I, you know, there's other people which I don't know sometimes. So, just learn go on with it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, in 2020, negativity seems to be like almost, it kind of breeds. Like, <laughs> people just seem to get off on, like, negative Yeah, yeah. And I've seen it. You wouldn't believe the amount of people like I see, like because I do podcasts on all sorts of different stuff: wrestling, football, mm-hmm. MMA. Yeah, like, yeah. I got a couple of friends who do similar shows or shows on the same sort of stuff, and they've got people who like watch their podcasts, um, like the MMA one. There's people who watch it just literally; they don't like the the host, they don't like the show. I'm not even completely sure they like MMA. But they watch the podcast just to post in the live chat. Yes, like, yes, like yeah. It.
1: It's like hey, hate Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. yeah. And I, I that just says more about them. And you just gotta like, you just gotta just, just put them in your in your your rear view, haven't you? So I've I've had you know people making comments on my videos and stuff, and it's just like, well, does it matter? Do do you matter in that respect?
0: So I had um, I had my first troll the other day. Uh, Some mm-hmm. not very nice. What they say. Sense. Um, so basically, um, if, you, if I'd interviewed you last week, I had mm-hmm. hair down here because okay. grew, I've grown it out for like the last two years. Um, because, so I'll cut a very long story short. My youngest son, who's now 11, uh, he wanted to grow his hair like that long to mm-hmm. donate to a charity which makes wigs for kids. Yes, so yeah, yeah. their hair through cancer treatment, mm-hmm. which I thought was adorable. What a nice thing for a kid to think of Yeah, of course. We didn't tell him. He kind of thought of it himself. Amazing. So he started doing it. It got like a little bit long. It wasn't massively long. And some boys in school started calling him a girl and making fun of him. So he came home in, in tears one day and he said, mm-hmm. I want my haircut tonight, now. You know, we tried to talk him out of it and kind of remind him why he was growing his hair. and Because I knew that he'd be upset afterwards. Yes, of course, yeah. He was, he was so upset by it because they're his friends. He, yeah, he yeah. So as a father, I'm like, well, what can I do to try and help the situation, make him feel better, mm-hmm. because I know he's going to be really sad tomorrow that he's had his hair cut. So on the way home, I said, right, I'll grow out my hair. I'll grow it as long as you want me to. You tell me when you, know, when you want me to cut it, and mm-hmm. then we'll donate it to the same charity that you were going to do. So anyway, so week before last, I announced on the football show, I said, right, I'm cutting my hair, I'm donating it, and then mm-hmm. I'm Uh, But I'm going to also try and raise a bit of money for Mind, which is a mental health charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two great causes, whatever. Um, And I said, for every £50 I raise, I will use my green screen and make a stupid video of me with my hair. So I made Mm one of um, me coming out of a waterfall, doing like a Timothy advert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just saying thank you to people for donating. Mm -hmm. And you're hurting nobody. Yeah, making fun of myself at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like, do you know what I mean? Make myself look stupid. Yeah. Within 10 minutes of that video going out, even though it clearly said, thanks for donating, blah, 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 explaining. It was like, oh, you just want the attention, blah, blah, blah. You've grown your hair and now you're doing this. You just want, you're just trying to get more followers, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I just said, I just Even, back, if, you even if you were, even if you were, engagement. So yeah.
1: But even if you were, what's the problem? Who are you hurting?
0: Yeah, it's not like I'm like I, I couldn't get my head around it at all. Yeah,
1: just 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 don't even pay the don't even pay them any attention in your head. Yeah, honestly, okay. they're not they're not worth you know they're just unhappy people.
0: That's what I think. I just don't understand that the the mentality of contacting a stranger mm-hmm. who's clearly trying to do something good, you know, like helpful for charity, and like having a go at them and criticising them. I don't yeah, really yeah. understand contacting a stranger to tell them, you know, oh, you're rubbish or whatever you want. I don't get that at all to me. It's like mm-hmm. I was always brought brought up to say if you've got nothing nice to say, then don't say nothing. Mm, Here's yeah. what it is. It? But yeah, that's exactly. my story about uh, about tr- my trolls. I'm sure, they'll uh, sure we'll have more.
1: Well, they'll um, come back, yeah.
0: Peaches asked, um, what's the best thing about writing acting and comedy uh, for each one and then she wants you to tell her the worst thing for each one as well
1: writing um you get to create your own world um you know you've got full control of of everything there you can tell your story um writing you get notes from the producers who chip away at that idea which obviously they've got a lot of experience of making things sometimes your ideas may not work etc. Acting. I'm not even experienced as an actor, honestly. Um, yeah, I haven't got any answers for that. The best thing is, is my first job was a sitcom. The, the worst thing is, I haven't had an acting job since. <laughs> I suppose because I'm not an actor. <laughs> and then stand up. The best thing is that it's the purest form of you know of, of art for me. In in that respect, it's something I've always wanted to do. It's something I'm doing. Um, and I love going on stage and you know r- making making the audience laugh and and, and smashing them up. I love doing that. I also love the process as well, uh, in terms of you know writing a new show and and working the material and seeing the material evolve and grow and getting robust. I, I love that process. Um, the worst thing is there's a lot of politics in in, in comedy. Um, there's it's it's an opinion game as well which, you know, you have to take on the chin. Sometimes, you know, the people who make decisions, they may not like what you do, or they may think that there's somebody better, which you have to just take on the chin and, you know, hopefully prove them prove them wrong, become undeniable. And yeah, but that's just, in life, there's worse problems to have than not playing a certain club. So, yeah. Of course.
0: When you, um, when you say, like, politics within comedy, what do you mean by that?
1: There's just you know that you haven't played certain clubs um for a while even though you know you're in throwing distance of them and you've sold them out previously do you know what i mean so it's yeah. it's yeah it's frustrating
0: yeah I can. Im- that must be quite frustrating i can imagine yeah like, yeah like obviously your comedy is um you know you've been very lucky you've you've um you worked in new york You've yeah, done, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, did the Fringe Festival, and then you've done sellout gigs in uh, in, in your hometown in Cardiff. Yeah, so yeah. You should imagine that must have been like I know obviously New York is New York, and and the Fringe is one of the big you know best comedy festivals yeah, in the yeah. world. But like for me, maybe it's because I'm a Cardiff boy as well. Like for me, that hometown gig in front of a sold out. Of course, it's, it's is the
1: one it's that... in the middle. Yeah, so I've. I grew up in Butte town. I used to play where the Millennium Centre is right now. Um, I lived in a flat um, just by the Millennium Centre um, for like eight years. When I first started comedy, I used to go in on a Sunday and do my writing in the foyer of the Millennium Centre and tell myself I'm going to sell this place out. Now, just disclaimer, I'm not talking about the big room. I haven't played the big room yet. It's the other rooms that I've done, but I've had you know, my own solo shows there. Three of them sold out. Um, got the word... Um, last week that this year's show's cancelled, um, which, it, you know, it just is what it is, isn't it? You know, yeah. there's. I'm not going to complain that I can't jump on stage and make people laugh when there's people, you know, yeah. mourning, mourning yeah. relatives at the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, so um, it just is what it is. So, yeah, I you know, it's a highlight to play there. Um, I should record the next one. Uh, hopefully I'll record the next show. Um, yeah, and then put it, put it out there for people.
0: I was going to ask you that. have you recorded any of your, you know, any of your solo shows at all?
1: Not, not professionally, just, um, you know, for myself. But I'm thinking, well, this year I was planning to do it because they've moved the room around now, so it'd make it look better. I was going to bring a production company in to film it. Uh, um, but now I've got more time to make the material better.
0: Indeed, do you practice like at home?
1: No no it's, nah. so the the process in terms of writing is just like ideas come to me and i'll just i'll chuck them into my phone as a note and i let it percolate and marinate in my head and try to get it but sitting down i can't really sit down and write a joke long form i have to just think of it and work it out in my head and then take it on stage and see where it goes um so that, that's the process
0: yeah it's um it's something which really interests me like i say because i'm a big um, like stand up comedian fan. I find mm-hmm. it really interesting listening, you know, i had um, another stand up comic like a Welsh uh, another Welsh guy like i mentioned uh, earlier who was on. And it's just listening to how, you know, different different um different ways people work, different ways. Like for instance he he used to get have a good few drinks before he went on show mm-hmm. just to help settle his nerves and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah whereas i like i think i've done one podcast which was on my birthday where i had a couple of beers before and during um, and i didn't like it at all because yeah too loose yeah yeah too overconfident 100%. oh 100% yeah um,
1: timings one Time of is my off.
0: least favourite shows because i didn't yeah. feel on point um mm-hmm. but you know everyone's different and they everyone's yeah
1: different.
0: yeah yeah um okay so just to finish off uh you launched your podcast fairly recently wasn't
1: it? yeah we're seven episodes in now so it's seven weeks ago
0: where did um, like what gave you the idea for the you know for the podcast
1: i've been meaning to do it for a few years bought the equipment um but just never got around to it so it's my mate um, um he played he played for swans at the time and i was really interested in his, his story so he came across from from spain um was a lower league footballer there went to Swansea, played for like 10 years for them. Now he's at QPR. I just thought, That's a brilliant story. Um, so, yeah, that was the idea. Didn't do it. And then we got in lockdown. I thought, you know, I can actually do this remotely. I don't need to be in front of people. I don't need that excuse anymore. Um, and just set it up. So it's it's a one-man band thing. It's, you know, it's um, pulling up by your bootstraps. It's not professionally done. But, you know, it is, it is what it is, and we'll get better every episode. I've learned to stop saying obviously. So I used to say obviously, constantly.
0: Yeah, one of my um, one of my things, particularly in the early shows, is mm. I was really uh, Cardiffian because it's like I tried to make all my shows like just natural conversation mm. rather than like a formal question and answer. And I kept saying like, like, like. Yeah, you know, two yeah. Reasons, but it mm. is what it is. But did you ever? So, what's the? The the premise behind your podcast, is yeah. to speak to sports,
1: uh, sports, sports coaches. athletes. Um, I'd speak to anyone really in terms of just their their life. So it's it's called moment of truth. Um, so a great example um, would be Gareth Bale. Um, so in terms of where he was at Spurs, you know, he was you know we knew about him, but he was he was a left back at Spurs, um, and he was going to go out on loan, all that that type of stuff wasn't playing, and then they just turned for him. Um, and that was his moment of truth. Within within a short time frame, he was the best winger in the Premier League. He was, you know, he, he had the Brazilian right back in his pocket at the San Siro, and it's those type of moments, so I'd yeah. be keen on that. Or Carl Zaghi, speaking about the Jeff Lacey fight, everyone know who he was, but that fight just took him to another level. Or it could be, you know, failure in sport. It could be where you didn't actually, you know, win the title. It could be that you didn't, you know, anything really just just a deeper conversation and i'm still learning i'm not a journalist i'm just someone who's interested in, in sports
0: yeah it's um i i listened to the to andy's one um yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna have a listen to tim's as well i enjoy it mm. i gotta say they um did you have oh, any other kind of ideas for the podcast or was it always gonna be that
1: it was always it was always that really i spoke to the bbc about a few different ideas and they they were weren't really um, interested, so I just thought I'd do it myself. Why why do I need the BBC? I'm not in it. No, I'm not trying to make money out of the podcast. I'm just trying to engage with people. Really, if they like my, you know, if they find out I'm a stand up and then come to my shows, that's that's even better.
0: Yeah, that's it. No, and it's um, and the thing is now technology's changed the game, have not it? It's like mm-hmm. we've um, I think I'm in about about 200, 200 Thirteen episodes in of like all the different oh, wow. podcasts which yeah, I yeah. do, and then um, like I look back at some of the early ones, and I think, oh god, it doesn't doesn't look great. I'm really, mm. I don't like the way I am. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a shame when I look back at it because some of the early guests which I had on were really really interesting people and really, yeah, yeah. really interesting topics. Um, so I'm trying to get a few of them back on now because I'm more comfortable in my own skin. I'm more mm-hmm. used to doing it. The, the, the quality of the equipment I got is better, um, but the good thing is because you can do it remotely, it's it is you know it's yeah it's easier it's easier,
1: easy, it's easier. Though, it? yeah and um, sports people are not doing anything at the moment well they're going back to training now
0: yeah that's which, it. I managed uh, to catch a few of them over the lockdown period which maybe we wouldn't have been able to do yeah you know, yeah if everything was up and running so um okay so luck like, just to finish um uh, I mm-hmm. wanted to just kind of ask you about your kind of biggest influences whether yeah comedic, yeah, music whatever they may be mm-hmm. what's uh, what's influenced you along the way um
1: well the reason i'm i'm interested i do stand up is is people like eddie murphy richard pryor jerry seinfeld chris rock uh, and the tipping point for me is um going to see louis ck in in london um not sure if we can't speak about Louis at the moment, um, but um, that was the tipping point for me. Um, in terms of like just influences and how I try to be on stage and without sounding like a uh, you know like someone who smells his own farts, um, it's Miles Davis. It's it's that jazz. So it's being so technically strong that you can step up from what you're doing and make something. Um, so that's that's where. I, I, I try to treat comedy because just in terms of the artistry of, of Miles Davis and the reinvention over the years, that's that's who I look up to.
0: There's worse people to uh, yeah. look up to and basically the influence.
1: Yeah. And, um, and Kevin Hart's Hustle. I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of his stand-up, but his work ethic and his, his positivity is just on another level. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah
0: i um it's weird like for me like uh, when you say about hustle i I look at like the rock as well um, yeah yeah the yeah, way yeah. That he is just completely gone from like w w f star or whatever to biggest biggest uh movie star on the planet mm-hmm. he's you know just completely changed the world's perception of him he's made yeah, films, yeah yeah films and it's all through. Like just hustling and getting himself out there and improving exactly. his, his craft. Exactly.
1: He's he's got a really interesting story in terms of his, you know, his American football career didn't happen. I think he was actually on the same team as Aaron Hernandez down in Miami that's in, right, in yeah. college. And he injured himself and he, he dragged himself back up and then got to the pinnacle of wrestling. And people would think that that's it, but you know, you've got other you've got other acts in your life, haven't you? You've got other stories to tell within your life. And it's up to you to, to push yourself and do that.
0: Hundred percent. Um the Welsh sport and entertainment scene at the moment, it seems so strong. Like genuinely mm. there's some guys and girls who are who are either already top tier talent or look like they're on their way. If I asked you to pick uh one Welshman or one Welsh woman who you think is gonna go to the very, very top of their profession, who would it be?
1: Ampertoon. You know, the Ethan. Yeah yeah just a, just another level what a choice just a, a, another level just in terms of maturity um his ceiling um you know he's out in germany at the moment um and that shows maturity at, at a young age um so yeah i think i think you know who, what what he can be you know in the premier league you know chelsea bring him back and everything yeah yeah
0: oh yeah i think if chelsea don't bring him back and he ends up going somewhere else. He's likely to go to a, you know, to a top, top, top tier. tier
1: yeah, level. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see. I, you could 100%. see that player at Barcelona.
0: Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. He's that good. Um, I was hoping that Cardiff might pinch him on loan when he went out to Germany, but I think he's probably.
1: Nah, to, uh, he's, yeah, yeah, he would be, he would be, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the, in terms of football. Yeah, because that's you know that's what I watch. Yeah, um, oh and and, Lu, and Lu, louis as well louis Zammit, re um he's got he's got some potential as well on the wing yeah
0: yeah, yeah. there's a few welsh boys like um in that under 21s or under 23s teams which you know they could go on and be really special which when mm. you look at how welsh football's gone over the last couple of years and since you know just before euro 2016 it's exciting times it's a shame yeah. that uh, Bale and Ramsey are not, like two or three years.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think I it understand would be, that, yeah. uh,
0: very, very special then. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get really into football, I'm going to uh, leave it there because I appreciate you <laughs> so much of your time. And if we start talking football, I'll be here for another hour. Oh,
1: yeah, we'll be, yeah.
0: And I... Uh, I know you. I appreciate you giving up me uh, your time, mate. Uh, Tell tell the people where your website is, your social media. Yeah, yeah.
1: So website is leroybritto.co.uk. So it's Britto with one T. Um, Social media is um, at Leroy Britto on Twitter. I think it's Leroy Britto Comic on Facebook, and at Leroy Britto on uh, Instagram. And the podcast is called Moment of Truth.
0: Excellent. I'll um, I'll put links to everything in the show description as well. Uh, guys you can find us if you want video formats of our shows youtube.com slash ace podcast nation uh, You can also find we have live football show every Monday with Andy Campbell and myself and a special guest and we had recently had Cardiff City chairman Mehmet Dalman on which was uh, quite the coup for us because he does not do a lot of media and he's never done a podcast before so I was uh, chuffed to beans that I was able to get him on uh, we've also had uh, Clayton Blackmore on uh, Stuart Downing and a, you know lots of lots of different personalities from the football world we have an MMA show live on a Wednesday nine o'clock with former Cage Warriors champion Danny Batten uh, which will also add in new guests to each week I'm recording an unscripted uncensored with the current Cage Warriors champion lightweight champion Mason Jones uh, another Welshman on Thursday so you can get your questions in for that and uh, we've also got a boxing series coming very soon with some very, very special guests. And uh, subscribe, youtube.com slash H Podcast Nation, and uh, spread the word. Thank you, Leroy. Appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.